Welcome to the uh, Star Trek podcast, Trek This Out. I'm your host, Bob, and I'm joined by the full ensemble of John. Hello. Andrea. Hello. Sucky. Hello. And Lindsay. Hello. Good evening. Hello, everyone. And uh, uh, this this week we are reviewing the Enterprise uh, first episodes, Broken Arrow, as kindly given to us by John last week. We'll be reading your feedback out to the story, giving our lights out of five, and voting for this reach week's shirt. Sorry. Uh, but before all that, I'm going to get this WAP drive engaged, and we're going to crack on. Well, before we get into this review deep, um, anyone got out? You been up so much? <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Has everyone been up so much? <laughs> we did our very first video podcast for Proctoru yesterday. Yes, we did. Friday. Yeah, and that was an experience. It was definitely an experience. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? That will never, I, ever be published. I, <laughs> well, I was about to say, I've listened to it, and it was quite delightful. <laughs> well, basically, Craig, one of the hosts, he's, he's never heard of a computer or the internet, right? Um, so I took it upon myself against everyone else betting against me that I could get him to record his audio with a condenser mic um, and it would sound, you know, great and we had Skype video and all that. Anyway, 45 minutes of it, John, what were they? Sorry, I was dropping off there, Bob. What was that? <laughs> anyway, it was funny. Anyway, we got we got there in the end, um, but it was quite, yeah, interesting to say the very least. Um, so, yeah, we're, do, we're doing this. is our first video one as well. So it's nice to see everyone. It's cool. It's a bit more interactive and all that. Um, I'm going so, to be honest. I'm going to be distracted by the majesty of Suki's beard. I'm just throwing it out there. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Oh, Grandpa, I am in awe. <laughs> yeah, and also, I'm being envy. <laughs> The, the only empty. thing is, all I can see on my screen is Lindsay. I can't see nobody else. <laughs> Look at you. Right. you no, all I can see is Lindsay. All I can see is Lindsay drooling over my... There's a bit of drool just coming down the side of her mouth there. Yeah. Uh, look, and she licks it away. She's well got a bit done. of lettuce sticking around her teeth and everything. I don't know what's all about. Oh, guys, guys, you're killing me. Wow, amazing. Uh, well, that was delightful. Um... So has anyone got anything at all? It's fine if you haven't. We'll just crack on. Right. Literally gonna... nothing has happened. <laughs> I've discovered The Walking Dead, which oh. I haven't oh. been watching, and I've been nagged into watching, and I've just I'm sort of just getting into series two, so yeah. that's like filling in some time, um, yes. and I'm enjoying it so far. But that's about as exciting as life's getting in uh, in my neck of the woods. I watched. I'm still You're watching sorry. Blake Seven. I mean, God, we're we're binge watching some real crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Ever. I watched um, Walking Dead and the first season six episodes isn't it so it's quite a nice little intro into it and it was brilliant but I don't know why I never ever continued really too much television probably too much TV you know he was a massive Blake 7 fan don't you yeah I'm just going to leave it with yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Deb is a massive Blake 7 fan is she there's a podcast yeah. she you were Deb you were Deb doing Blake 7 yeah that's great imagine that Imagine that, John. I'd listen to that podcast yeah. every day. A daily podcast, that's what that would require. Uh, cool. Well, if you've not got out else... <laughs> checking his head, beautiful man. <laughs> uh, right, if you've not got out else, let's crack on into the review of Broken Arrow. All right, it's Broken Bow, but there you go. Did I, have I said a Broken Arrow twice, haven't I? Yeah, you've said it <laughs> numerous times in oh. the conversations I've had with you. For fuck's sake. 
But hey, this it's is like, professional. Just let it like, go. It's like Genoa, isn't it? <laughs> um, I swear I cannot hear you say that without laughing. I'm really <laughs> sorry. He's div. He's a div. <laughs> On this site, a powerful engine will be built. Before Picard. An engine that will someday help us to travel a hundred times faster than we can today. And even before Kirk. The Warp 5 engine wouldn't be a reality without men like Dr. Cochran and Henry Archer, who worked so hard to develop it. There was Captain Jonathan Archer. It's only fitting that Henry's son, Jonathan Archer, will command the first starship powered by that engine. Take her out, Mr. Mayweather. Fans asked for it. More Star Trek on Blu-ray. Straight and steady. And CBS Home Entertainment is delivering with the debut of Star Trek Enterprise, the complete first season, on sparkling Blu-ray high definition. I believe we have found what we're looking for. Damage down here, what's going on? Just a little trouble with the bad guys. This six-disc set includes all 25 season one episodes with resolution six times that of standard DVDs. Well, I like the sound of that. Plus, this Blu-ray set is jam-packed with hours of special features, including a newly produced multi-part retrospective documentary. They were very nervous about doing a prequel at all. It just becomes meaningless after a point to go further. We needed something that would creatively energize us, and we really felt we'd hit it. As soon as he said it was 100 years before Kirk and Spock, I was in. An exclusive candid conversation with the series creators, Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. One of the things I'm most proud of has been the casting. I think that we managed to bring together a group of wonderful actors. And a never-before-released behind-the-scenes exploration offering a step-by-step -step breakdown of what it takes to create an hour of Star Trek programming. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than this, huh, Connor? <laughs> oh, no. Well, our, our poor actors were lifted in these harnesses up into the air, surrounded in bubble wrap and saran wrap that's melted into their costumes. And action! You might think about recommending seatbelts when we get home. It's just a little bad weather. Star Trek Enterprise, the complete first season in stunning high definition. Coming soon to Blu-ray. Request permission to get underway. Let's go. So, Broken Bow, or Arrow, as I seem to like to call it for some reason, which is probably why nothing's come up on Google when I put that in. Um, cool. It's this. This is... This is what, John, have you done your fact hunt? Checking your head. A little bit, yeah. I've got a couple of things. Go on then. Right, this aired on uh, September 26, 2001, written by Rick Berman and Brannon Braga, the TNG stalwarts, and uh, Brannon, who started off as an intern on TNG before going to Voyager. He was the showrunner. Directed by James Conway, whose other credits include DS9, TNG, and Voyager, among others. Uh, it's set nine decades after Star Trek First Contact, uh, and the theme song is shit. Oh, uh, no, it was originally, no, no. Right, let me just give you the facts let about the theme song facts. before you object. Let do facts. Yeah. The theme song is shit, I'm going to just put it out there, but was originally performed by Rod Stewart before they chose Mr. Bland, Russell Watson, uh, for the actual singing on the show. They also changed the title from Faith of the Heart to Where the Heart Will Take Me. Uh, and it used to be played before launch on space shuttles. That's why um, they used you know, it for this do, show. Do you know what they used when they did the um, 
uh, when they did the the title sequence, they used U2, a U2 song. I'm not sure which one it was, but they couldn't afford it, <laughs> so they had to write their own. And I, well, I, I mean, it would if it was Red Stewart doing it, that would have been good. But Russell Watson is just like a, a cheap sort of generic. You know, I almost like it was Tesco like, value fucking standard person, isn't he? I only discovered it was him like last year maybe and I think for anybody who has any interest in classical music Russell Watson has a particular level of villainy because he belongs to that pa- yeah. uh, sort of pantheon of opera singers she says yeah. in inverted commas who has never sung an opera in his life he's um, like the, the Alfie Bo of the early 2000s <laughs> well you know what he, no, Alfie, Alfie Bo has got a better voice than Russell Watson I'm pretty sure Alfie Bo has in fact actually sung a whole opera as part of a production did, um, did, did the change the theme tune to uh, yes, like half, halfway, halfway through, through. yeah give it a rock rhythm that's or something. right yeah, yeah. It's it's fucking awful it's it worse awful i mean I, I just spent two seasons binge watching i watched binge the first two seasons of enterprise got just used to it enough uh that i could accept it and then they changed it to be even worse it's the only theme tune I listen to. You know, like, I'll never skip my <laughs> intro. I love it. I got faith of the heart. No, it's, no. It's incredible. I fucking I I, love it. The, I hated it. the visuals are great. The visuals are great. I actually quite <sighs> like the visuals. The music stop, is awful. It's stock footage, isn't it? I mean, why? I mean, it's not great, not, is it? But the problem is, you need to have the visuals so that when they go into the mirror, mirror universe, you can have the mirror version of the... the, the oh, visuals. God. For one Which episode in season four. Was it? Yeah, but it's amazing. Yeah, I, I love. I I hated it, but I love that song now. Weirdly, it's like the Firefly song. I hated that, and that's one of my favourite songs of oh, all time. That, that is a great song. Very my love. Firefly is one of the most overrated bits of TV ever. Fucking red shirt already. We've only just fucking started. <laughs> terrible it's, it's thing. Cowboys in space. It's yes, like, and it's ghosts. There are no aliens. There are the aliens. There are no aliens. It's awful You're... sci-fi. <sighs> I need to back, I need to back on up there. Can, can we Definitely stop right this through. podcast? I'm, I'm, I'm checking out. I'm checking out. Andrew, it? what are your thoughts on Firefly? I've never seen it. Don't bother. Mm, that's <laughs> very, very political. Oh my god, that was an absolute <laughs> grenade. I don't know what to do with myself. That's horrific. That's like. And then give us your opinion. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm thinking I can just like reach for the popcorn and sit back and enjoy this fight. To be honest, uh, I can just sit on the fence very comfortably. Yeah. Anyway, Lindsay, <laughs> call yourself a sci-fi nerd fan, and so doesn't fun. like Firefly. It's pretty awful. He got oh, really? cancelled. Is there not enough medical yeah. trauma in it? Is that what? The, is that the problem? <laughs> There's no aliens. I'm really sorry. It's a problem. Well, you know, that's good. Well, thank you. I don't know why I said thank you. So, what did you. You were quite excited last week when John picked this, weren't you? Broken four. I really. So, I didn't watch Enterprise when it went live, not least of all because I watched it and I start. Like, I heard the credits and I was like, what is this? And I just. I was like, nope, done. So I don't even know if I watched the whole of the... And it was also on Channel 4, so there were adverts. And I hate adverts. Um, And, you know, it had been a... Star Trek has been such a BBC institution. It just... It felt weird. There were ad breaks. The theme music was different. It just did not feel like Star Trek. Mm. Um, When I rediscovered it four or five years ago, I loved it. It's amazing. I think it's really, really good. I probably am odd in that as a Trekkie, season four is not my favourite. That's not the only reason you're odd, Vincey. Yeah, Firefly, what? Firefly, wow. 
Okay, it's one of the many reasons I'm odd. Um, but as a Trek, um, season four is not my favourite. But again, that comes from a place of me not having been ingratiated into the way of TOS. So therefore, like the tie up, the tie-ins were less important to me. Um, like the first, yeah, in fact, all of it. I really enjoy all of it, and it's something that I've been watched several times since I discovered it about five years ago. Well, that's good then, isn't it? At least you like something good. Uh, and it's, it's season it's season three. That's the my season three for me is the best. It's just awesome. Four's yeah. a bit all over the place and crazy, but that was due to the network telling me to do stupid stuff with Nazis and that. Um, cool, uh, Suki. What do you think of this? Just your initial thoughts. Are you, are you what, positive what about this? Enterprise altogether no, with the, f- the fucking episode right, reviewing. Well, you've just asked Lindsay her whole opinion on the whole season. Yeah, whole, the whole series. The opinion, I just gave it. Yes, I didn't ask for it, yeah. That's oh, a good point. My fucking boat is that it is the best premier we've had, probably including any of the new stuff. I probably won't argue with you. Sucky, yeah. what do you think of Broken Broad Enterprise then? Fucking surprisingly, I won't argue with you either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looks, like yeah. looks like nobody's going to be arguing with anybody because yeah, I, did no. look, I really enjoyed Broken Broad. It's a fantastic start to this show. I mean, there's a lot of elements that most of the people are already familiar with. They already know that the Federation goes out there. There's Vulcans, there's Klingons, uh, there's Phasers, there's the Enterprise, basically. So people are already familiar with these things over the past 30 years, 20, 30 years of uh, watching uh, various uh, incarnations of Star Trek. And so you're always going to be... Uh, then you watch this and it's a fresh take on it. You've got a captain that's really uh, quite in-your-face, popular uh, and quite uh, bold. He, he fights with people. He, he He's like back to the old Kirk values which you he'll he'll be the first one out the door first one on the transport or whatever right just to go onto an alien planet and that that's a captain that you want to follow the crew are really likable um maybe not mayweather i didn't quite understand mayweather or maybe even hoshi as well because she seemed to be but some of the others dr flox is really interesting yeah, awesome. uh trip Kinnear, uh trip right he's great and <clears throat> and then you've got to pulp to pulp Right, it's what a Klingon. Uh, she's a Kling. What a Klingon should be, right? Totally. Yeah, about 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 right. Sure so like, what do you mean? To pull the Vulcan is, is a Klingon. What? Uh, not a Klingon. A Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> the wow. Vulcan. You're totally emotional. Being on your right. peace pipes, okay? On the weed, the ganja, again. Is there, uh, can you spot the smoke in here? <laughs> I'm really sorry, but he's not the one who keeps dipping off screen to have a smoke. Who is? <laughs> Raffi in the top corner there. <laughs> Raffi, yeah. Because <laughs> it, it makes a noise, right? My vape makes a noise, but when I, if, if you know, like the, the doors closed on the Enterprise, listen. <laughs> I kind of make it sound like that. Maybe came across, I don't know. Anyway, Andrea, what are your first thoughts on Enterprise itself? Well, this is the only Enterprise I've ever seen. So wow. I really have watched this as a pilot. Um, I think the fucking awful song probably put me off a little bit. And I think it just came out at a time where, like, I wasn't really watching stuff week to week like that. I was probably, like, I was probably drunk most of the time, to be honest. It was during my student years that it aired. So it, it just kind of, I just kind of missed it. And the little bits of it I saw, I was a bit like, oh, I can't be bothered. Um, I think so. I've tried to judge it as as a sort of pilot for a TV show, and I can't compare it to the rest of Enterprise. So I've tried to compare it to other Trek 
sort of opening episodes. Um, and I think when you compare it to Encounter at Far Point, it's a far more cohesive story. Um, oh, definitely. It, 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 it's a, it sort of works, and, and I've got kind of first impressions of characters, and I don't know, because often you get that kind of overemphasis on, on sort of personality traits in a first kind of episode. Um, so I'm kind of seeing them in those kind of like moulds. Like I found like that trip, like why is he so thick? He's like the <laughs> chief engineer and he just goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's like his main line. Like, he says it all the time. Like, uh-huh. And it's like, really? Like, is this guy like being like the Starfleet Academy? He's like being sent out on this bloody first mission and they picked him. Um, to Paul, like, stick up her ass, what a bitch. Um, <laughs> oh. I found he grew on us as the episode went on. But I even kind of found Archer a bit of a dick in the, the first kind of 25 minutes. It's like, oh, he's a bit of a knob. Um, he's the all-American is- boy. Yeah, I've, I found. And I think that's why he irritates us because he's that uh, all-American. And took and took us the old, the good old boy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. We've we'll discussed this more once we've got first yeah, impressions. Yeah, anyway. he's, he's proper English. Well, so Tucker, no, he's not. He's properly no, southern. I mean, he's the he's proper. But no, Tucker. Malcolm Tucker. What am I on about? Malcolm Reed's. <laughs> I don't know what I'm on about anymore. Wrong show. Yeah, wrong completely show. wrong. Wrong. Carry show. on, Andrea. Carry yeah, on. Andrea. Sorry. Um, I found, I quite like the Doctor. Um, he's got his creepy slop in the jars and stuff just to sort of highlight and like hit home that he's an alien. Um, and he's a bit Galaxy Quest that time. I'm sure he says like optimism, Captain, in like a Galaxy Quest voice, which made us laugh quite a lot. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't know, I, I think I, I'm, I'm quite interested to see how they develop it. And I did actually watch the next episode and I thought it was a bit shite in comparison. So I didn't mind it. Cool. That's that's tepid. John? Yeah. Well, I think it's a decent start for um, for a premiere. What the word, what's the word I'm looking for? Pilot. Yeah. Pilot. And there are good and bad points, uh, specifically... I like that it's pre-Federation, and like the, there's like the Star Trek norms of everybody's lovely to each other that Roddenberry forced on Star Trek, that probably hindered TNG quite a bit. There, there was none of that, so the, the conflict with the Vulcans was was something that was uh, probably you feel it all the way through the show. Um, uh, the bringing together of the characters in the first half hour, I, I know what you mean, Andrew, about it being they're all being they're all dicks. Well, that's because they're, uh, they're try- I think they needed to ensure that they were when they got together they could improve, and they used the second half of the show to show- to do that. Um, and the 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 part of the pilot that uh, is poor, in my opinion, is uh, the Suliban and the whole time temporal mm. Cold War bullshit that was just. It didn't need to have been done that early in the series. I mean, I, I know it was the whole series out that they were trying to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that they didn't have shields and you know they didn't have decent torpedoes and everyone was scared of the transporters. All the stuff that you were kind of like when TNG was out and you would, you would imagine what it'd be like at the very start of um, of sort of going into space and stuff. So yeah, it, we got what we wanted. We just got a really nineties generic TV version of it. I think which, that- yeah. For me, what's interesting is going back to Enterprise, and I don't know if I've watched it much since I've watched Discovery, but if Discovery does a disservice to any part of Star Trek, it's to Enterprise, 
Now, I love Discovery, and I happily accept that it's canon, I think it's great, but the lovely thing about Enterprise is that it sits in this place whereby everything is... It's much more submariner, like everything looks a bit like a submarine. The uniforms are much more kind of what we're used to in like naval. They're flight of, suits, basically, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it, like it feels like a lovely progression, and you can see how that would move into TNG. You have to take a pretty extreme left swing to get Discovery in there first, and <clears throat> like that's fine. Like I'm happily, I'll happily accept it, but. I, like, I really enjoyed Enterprise as a kind of stepping stone into what we know as en- Star Trek. En- Enterprise is the only Star Trek TV series that is not affected by the t- Kelvin timeline. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, so yeah that would make sense. I don't know whether that could be... It's a stretch. Trying to he- make headcanon work is a stretch, but, you know, I think of it in that way. Yeah, and I think, you know, I just... Uh, what, that's what I loved about it, and I understand that originally they wanted to do like the first whole season, like before they actually got out, out with the warp five engine. Like most of it, they wanted to do based on Earth, like fighting with the Vulcans and generally yeah. getting the warp five engine to work. And in some ways, I wish we'd seen that. Well, we got like three episodes, three or four episodes of Picard, and we didn't get into space, and everybody kicked off. I imagine if there was a whole fucking series of Star Trek without any space, it would have been pretty awful that was Berman's idea for the whole of season one to be set on earth as they're building the ship yeah I'm really glad it never happened though to be fair it's, I'm talking the ship my favourite enterprise it's absolutely beautiful it's, I, I do like it yeah it's proper real and just it's just awesome it's, it's, I think it's my... just less sleek than the, all the rest of the mm. enterprises and I just love the fact that it just doesn't look as polished oh, yeah, well, it I, looks I, like bits I, of metal stuck together which is yeah, yeah, yeah. which is what it is <laughs> it doesn't help it doesn't help that right at the beginning you have Kinnear, uh, what's his name? The the engineer, okay. tree. Yeah, just going straight into the... Uh, the funniest side. thing ever! You, you scratch the paint or whatever. Well, he's not the pilot, is he? So it's fine. He didn't get Can to, I twist him for the shit now? Because, like, he, 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 just, like, he just came across as the dopiest person on board the vessel, to be he quite honest. Like, he doesn't get like, any better than that. Stop well, that no, that doesn't get better. He's capable engineer, but he is uh, a dense fucker all the way through. To be fair, <laughs> I think like and he he play, they play against that stereotype because he is supposed to be like he's southern and he's laid back, but he can absolutely bodge anything together and make it work. Um, mm. And one of like possibly one of my favourite relationships, friendships, whatever you want to call it, um, in all of Star Trek is between him and Malcolm Reed because I love the way that they play off against that. Like they've got somebody who is the uptight British security fanatic with like the naval history and all the rest of it and they play him against the the laid-back southerner who's always like keep your shirt on lieutenant and like i think that works really nicely and they could have made more of it and all the rest of it but i enjoy that as a pairing and i enjoy the way that they kind of build on that with the firefly kept the shirt on well that is a plus surely I mean, we, we had this whole, like, decontamination thing. Oh, oh, oh we're yeah. going to start with that one. Start with that one. It was for Channel... Well, it wasn't for Channel 4, but you understand why Channel 4 took it. Right, but none of it makes any sense, because, like, you have to, like, go in there and rub goo over each other, right? Which, yeah, fair enough. Except, you like, you only have to rub it over bits that, like, aren't covered by your underwear, except all the other bits were covered by other clothing. So, like, none of it made any sense whatsoever. Um, and... <laughs> I mean, I'll to pause. Much like, much like Kurt, quite terrific, true. Uh, 
After Paul I'm not complaining. It was it was quite enjoyable. Um, <laughs> well, it's it's worth a rewatch on its own. Um, it's, but, particularly, it's particularly jarring because the characters don't see it as sexual, and yet the cameraman and director clearly do. <laughs> and <laughs> and they're like unnecessarily ex- looking at unnecessary shots of like to Paul's midriff and lingering on. Our, Admittedly, it might have been cold in there. Uh, on the rest of her. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, it necessary, bit. and it was sleazy as fuck. Answer me this. So, like, I understand why they do each other's backs with the goo. Yeah? yeah. But why does he do her ears a little bit? She can do her own fucking ears. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but they're, they're setting up something that happens later, which I fucking hate. So we'll move swiftly past that. Like, I just, yeah, I think... T'Pol's not my favourite character, as previously discussed. Um... So yeah, the whole thing. I'm just really like, what, what? What were they trying to set up later with the years? Well, we spent four seasons with tripping to Paul in a sort of maybe. Oh wait, yes. Oh no, wait, no. They maybe. Spend, they spend oh, a good like fucking... she's stoned. Oh no, wait, he's got PTSD. Oh no, wait. We spend, we spend an entire season with them massaging each other, to be fair. Yes, like the whole thing, like pretty much the entire four seasons is mm. sexual tension, oh maybe sexual tension, oh wait, actual, no wait, maybe, oh there's this complication in season four that will not spoil. Well, you know, They're personally, a really odd couple, they are what I've seen, it's like, really? I think that's the point, maybe. I and think it's that's a, maybe the point. I think it's a fascination because they're completely different. But when they start going through like their traumas, what Lindsay touched on before, like cracking uh, PTSD and that, that, and they start massaging each other for, for 24 episodes, um, which is a fascinating storyline, um, is that, yeah, that she's learning, because they're learning about humans still, and she's in the prime players because she's actually sort of accepted them a little bit, um, enjoying the crew. So while we're talking a... about, oh sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm finished. So while we're talking about relationships, I think it's worth uh, mentioning the fact that originally Malcolm Reed was also supposed to be gay. He was supposed to be the first gay character in Starfleet, and then they chickened out. Um, and again, I just think it would have been interesting because there are some, for what what we get going forward, there are some of the characters that are given less <clears> attention <throat> because Enterprise falls into the same. Well, Mayweather. Issue that yeah well well it falls to the same issue that TOS did that you end up with a golden trio who get ninety percent of the plot lines and the character development. So, uh, no, as it goes on the Enterprise, Mayweather he gets you know he he they find that Terra Nova and all that don't they? Yeah, but Terra Nova colony and he gets he does get underused. Yeah, yeah, oh absolutely, and some of yeah. that would be shifted. I think if we got more seasons, but in the same way that. There's a real issue with Voyager, whereby in the later seasons it's Janeway Seven or the Doctor, and those characters get more time than they probably ought to. Or that in TOS it is Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. It very much ends up being Arch to Paul and Trip, mm. and everybody else gets the old kind of. Me- I like- think I think that's the constraints of the medium, though, uh, yeah. and episodic television. I don't think there's, you can. I mean, they do try to do things, but when you have an episode where there's none of those three. And we get like a little bottle episode with somebody. That's never as popular an episode as when the three are on. Yeah. And the and the and the uh, showrunners are just commercial fuckwits like the rest of us. So they do what is necessary to get the numbers. I think. And they needed the numbers, so that's why they're concentrating on them three characters. Mm. Yeah, possibly, think... but it didn't work because they only lasted four seasons. So. 
But well, do you think, see, do you well, think it would have worked if they no, concentrated on some of the other characters? Well, see, they're all, it, well, we don't know. Anyway, let's... It's, it's not necessarily that. Just to sort of touch on Enterprise. Um, so season three was very strong. Season four was a bit all over the place, even though it's sort of a, fan, a fan's favourite. They were kind of allowed to do what they wanted, but under pressure from the network, giving them storylines and getting them to put this in, put that in, put this in, and it sort of didn't really work. And I think at the time as well, sort of sci-fi to a degree of that kind uh, was maybe not as popular or whatever but things change don't they and they sometimes need a rest and there'd been a lot of fucking Star Trek haven't there you know what I mean like prior to this so yeah. I don't know there's many reasons but I don't think it's necessarily I think you need to have a focus on a you know three you know two or three people it's like an overcrowded TARDIS um, to a degree uh, but the, what's the luxury Star Trek you used to have was you had 24 episodes do you know what I mean yeah, and I so think you've got the a lot difference to... is that like TNG and DS9 were less problematic, but again, it, it's a different medium. It doesn't exist anymore. We can't go back and change what did happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely spaces where some of the other characters could have been given a better, better space to breathe and develop. I also think that with the people that were running the show, Brannon and Bra- whatever, Brannon and Braga, I don't know, they we were hang-ons from TNG, and they the style was very 90s, and I think it, uh, by 2001 going forward, it looked dated. It was starting to act dated, and and some of the th- concepts within it were, um, it, it, you can understand why it sort of it was out of kilter with the zeitgeist. If you see what I mean. Yeah, and they'd also been working flat out for so long. Because you know they'd gone from TNG into DS9 into Voyager into Enterprise, and when you're writing 24 episodes a year, that's a lot of TV. Um, So I think, yeah, I think I like there is more to it than that. But in any case, let's get back to Broken Bow. Broken Arrow. It felt like a bit of a halfway house to me because I've not seen it, but even I could kind of pick up very quickly that this like temporal cold war was going to be a thing. and to me, that's really the first time Star Trek's kind of done the season story arc and that type of thing. So it's almost like if I was putting it in a Doctor Who context, if you think like kind of like 80s Doctor Who started to kind of move towards that. And then you had a long gap and then we went back to that kind of storytelling rather than kind of episodic. And to me, it felt like it was it was teasing things for a, a season arc, which I don't think we'd ever seen in Star Trek before. It was always a kind of like monster of the week type yeah. go to the planet solve it and you get the odd two-parter um but it it generally sits in isolation you can watch the episodes in any order and it, it doesn't tend to matter where with, with this i suspect that you're going to have to watch it in sequence for it to it, make sense it does i mean definitely especially in season three that that really does play a part um but it's it sort of started in ds9 i think all this yeah this you know, i was going to say DS9 was the one with the season-long arcs, mm. and that's one of the reasons why I haven't got really gone around to watching it after season one, because once I dipped out of it, I didn't really want to dip back in, knowing that there was probably a load of backstory that I've missed. Mm. So DS9 is the only one that's really missing from my catalogue, maybe, and the last two seasons of Enterprise because I got fed up. And just the last, the, the third and fourth are the, are the best. Okay, I, I recommend watching them, mate. They're really good. when I get a chance yeah I enjoy one and two I for me I think what's really fascinating about this as a pilot is that so TNG had to give us context for where they were in relation to TOS 
but it was fairly kind of it made a lot of sense like chronologically it kind of just worked and after that DS9 and Voyager both had the advantage that they were set in a time period that we knew and understood so they could kind of just go and here is the context of the specific set of characters or and here is the one uh, thing that is going to shape what comes after this so in Voyager like you know here's here's the logic and the understanding of why we're about to be catapulted to the far end of the Delta Quadrant what I love about Broken Bow is that it has to take us way back like it has to give us a whole different set of context about <clears throat> what hasn't happened yet and what they don't know and what they don't understand and what is exciting like this whole thing about breaching warp five and about the transporters and about like you know the relationship with the Vulcans they have to do much more of that and they manage to do that and still give you a like a coherent plot arc and a forward view for the rest of the season well, I think that's that's some of the things I love in this. It is the you know the first time you see uh, the transporter, you know, and it's a bit of a, a fear thing. It's the first time you sort of see a lot of things like you know this relationship with the Vulcans or the humans, and the, you know they just get to know Klingons. And I particularly love the linguistic stuff. So the yeah, you know, I fancy Hoshi too. <laughs> not just that. I do job. not fancy Hoshi, but I also like that plot, like like that that kind of. There is a bit of the oh here's a girl with a magic skill, uh, because Hoshi's linguistic skills are ridic. Um, she's a cunning linguist. She is. Very carefully, a cunning linguist. Yeah, she definitely is. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, she's, lost. Of, she's lost. No, she's lost. She's gone. Like, to be fair, Hoshi's character is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a bit problematic sometimes because she is like the classic damsel in distress who doesn't really want to be in space and doesn't really want to be uh, in these difficult and scary situations. But she grows and she develops, so you See, know. I've, I've, I've struggled with her in the first episode yeah. because it was like, oh, she can like listen to like two seconds of Klingon and then like interpret it like she's like like total like Mary Sue. And then I watched the next one and saw her like kind of completely break down and it made me like her more because I yeah. think based on that first episode, it was like, oh, well, you can just like, you can learn an alien language in like 35 seconds based on three words. And no, it was like, I really don't like you. But I think the fact that she was like having a meltdown, like made us kind of think, well, actually like you're not that perfect. So I can probably put up with someone who's got some character flaws. Um, well, but Archer is an absolute dick towards her in that scene. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Her captain is literally like, well, say this thing. Clearly, you should be able to say this thing. What lang- What language was she twi- teaching that class at the beginning? Wasn't that Klingon? No. no. That's what it came up on the. That's what it. That's what it came up on the. Well, it was. It was in. Was it in South America? Yeah, yeah but it could have been. It would been have been an Amazonian kind of thing. Or it could have been. It sounded almost Swahili-like in the kind of clicks and 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 reverberations. I think so it was el- Elvish. It might have been, but it tends to be more flowing and natural. It, it was, no, I just, sorry, John, just to sort of, just finish off the the linguistic kind of stuff. Um, I just because it, it is brilliant, and it and it is like we're all learning, and and the this, the Enterprise is the only <laughs> ship from Earth that's going out this far, and things like that, and she is in such a position of privilege as her love and job as a linguist. That she does do great, and like what Andrea was saying, there's a bit where she's like, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say, and, and um, I don't know if it's in this one or it's a bit, a bit later, but he just actually just goes, just just be yourself, just talk to them, you know, do what you can, and she does, and I like, I really like her. She, I think, you know, she's a quite an interesting character if you look at it from the point of view she was maybe meant to have been written. 
She was a bit. It should be annoying uh, when at the start when she walks into the thing and standing next to the walk driving. Is it safe to be in here? They really overdid her being scared <laughs> and and that. But they needed to do that in order to make they, the rest of her sort of season-long act to become a bit more kick-ass and uh, then, have then a little you, bit more meaning. Then you got the little uh, it's, uh, the exchange between Topol and uh, uh, Oshi, where she, that she's she's trying to tell the whole crew that something's happening, and uh, nobody's believing it. It's only a bit later on when uh, Topol actually takes a word for it, and then they both have like some sort of like mutual respect for each other by saying thank you to each other in the other in their each other's languages, like. One of my favourite things yeah. in our group thread, Sucky, when we were on about briefly on about this last night, was you. I can just hear you saying it as well. I'm, I'm watching pink and blue people eating, yeah. eating butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's good that we get a good bar scene because we've got to have a place for Malcolm to start learning his craft. <laughs> <haven't we? laughs> can we just move on from that? Wow! Oh, no, no, no. right. Go on, John. No, Go I on. just think you know. Push the point, John. Come on. No, no. I think. Uh, oh, why does it, why does it make you sad, Lindsay? Well, we discussed this at the end of the podcast last week, where it turns out that the uh, actor who plays Malcolm is a bit of a um, But, you know, we're going to try and separate that, because I can think that, uh, that William Shatner is a twat, and also think that Kirk is a twat, and that's okay. Whereas, I quite like the character of Malcolm <laughs> with the notable exceptions of, like, the two episodes where they randomly turn him into a shagger, and we'll move on from those. <laughs> but the thing is, though, we had, like, this, like, we have, like, life, this space, we have the space shithole scene, which, yeah. you know, you got one in Discovery, and you had the, like, the multicoloured space strippers with the very long tongues and, and all the rest, which is like, too far for me. To multicoloured space strippers? <laughs> they, they did seem to be housed by them eating those insects, which I was like, whoa, like, back away. Like, that's fucking too much, even for my tastes. Um, yeah, but you could tell he was turned on, couldn't you? He's standing right there in the crowd. He's well, fascinated, gonna, he's you know, fascinated. Well, my head canon is that Malcolm Reed is gay and all of this is just a mask for the fact that he is in fact gay. Uh, so that's fine. Wow. It, it, it is quite a sleazy location. I mean, you've got like Klingons lurking around looking for wet food, whatever that may or may not be. Um, and you've got this guy, it was a bit like the scene in Discovery where they got a, quite a sort of a seedy kind <laughs> of skanky type bar which was a bit like that um, and I think that they in disguise this time because that would have been hysterical well they, they did it in Picard and yeah. I feel like there's been a bit of a sort of they took a beating for, for those kind of scenes but here it is in sort of a much older episode of Star Trek and is it like do people just think these places disappeared because time moved on a bit like and everyone moved yeah. at the same rate as us um, and it, it had that kind of like Star Wars bar kind of feel which I quite liked um, but I do need to comment on those fugly away team jackets like who designed <laughs> them like they weren't fashionable in 1991 so like I don't understand. Like they're not going to be fashionable in the future. They weren't fashionable. Fashion, time. fashion, go, like, fashion goes around in circles. Well, not sorry, that fucking quickly, it doesn't. Yeah, it? Yeah, well, it's got it's like, like, and it's cool. Wearing his clogs. Nobody has ever looked good <laughs> no, in that top quilted, like massive collar thing that they like dressed them up in. Like they were foul. Like, I want to burn them. Like kill them with fire. They're the worst uniforms I've ever seen. To discuss the fact that Vin keeps merging into her blurred background and it's really yeah. freaking me out. She's, yeah, she's okay. Me seat. You see? No, that's okay. You're 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 in the dark and you keep like disappearing into the background. I think it's struggling to identify your face. 
It's getting it's getting dark. I'll try the light. Hang on. Thank you. Right, I want to talk about breasts. Because I love love the scene with uh, Tripp and Mayweather when they're doing the anti-grav thing and he's found the pocket and all that kind of stuff. And and what I really like about it, it's it's a nice scene. Um, And... You know when they used to years well not year that year many times ago, but when they used to turn people's heads upside down, you can put eyes on the chin and that, and they talked upside down, so red it looks dwarf. really uh, red wall. Red wall, so it looks really weird. You know, like when you see people's mouth talking upside down, which was kind yeah. of yeah. that scene. So I quite like that. But I like the, just the, just that little bit when he because you know obviously he's a, they call him a boomer or something. Yeah, whether that's his, his sort of thing. Uh, and he said, you know, I went here, and he said, oh, is it true about the women with three breasts? Like Total Recall kind of reference, no, and he just. I'll- what? Is, do they, is just, true. Yeah, but did they actually mention what they've got three of? He says tits, doesn't he? No. No, no he, he doesn't mention They just cut them I have got in my notes three, a three tits reference finally made it into the show. Because uh, <laughs> I know we've talked about this before. Uh, they, they talked about Deanna Troy having, having three tits and that type of thing. So <laughs> it, it, it did actually <laughs> make it into Star Trek. Honestly. That the showrunners just had an obsession about it, didn't they? Can't well, imagine why. I think, it, but I, I liked his little response, Mayweather, and it didn't. If it's, I think, if Malcolm had said it or Trip it, to come across as sleazy, but like, yeah, I know, like first, second, and third hand kind of thing. I thought it was quite <laughs> cool. He, he put it across really well. It was just kind of cute and quite funny. But if uh, you know Malcolm had done it, it'd been sleazy the shagger. So yeah. Anyway, I digress in. No, no, like, I like that, and I like that scene. I like the idea that actually there's a bit of the ship whereby the gravity doesn't work properly, yeah. um, and you can do a thing. I like the fact that he would know how to figure it out. It's one of those little things that I really enjoy about Enterprise, and like another one that we don't see in this episode, but does come up is is like the film nights, or like the idea that there needs to be some kind of like socialising, and like it's not, you know, they have like a an observation room but it's certainly not like 10 forward and like the idea that there is still somebody in charge of food because actually you can replicate some things but it's just easier to kind of I do love that we never get to see who the chef is well Paf maybe at the end well we don't talk about that episode well yeah but we never see the chef and the the one scene that we do actually see physically the chef you already see him from like the legs down yeah Um, I I thought that was a great idea so those kind of things like I really love and like that the, it happens at various stages um, but it, yeah it's just it's just good and like I love um, so going back to the sleazy bar scene or slightly after the sleazy bar scene like where Trip is like gets all high and mighty about this child who's being like deprived oxygen like this 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 idea that actually because that's exactly the kind of righteous anger that somebody who joins Starfleet probably would have yeah I, I know but it, it was a little bit it was a little bit clunkily done. Like, I mean, it was good that it was trip that that ha- happened to because he's a fucking idiot. And I think <laughs> the, rest of them, the rest of them would have been able right. to sort of realise that. I'm right, I'm gonna, Paul first I'm, and things like that. I'm going to put this out there. Have you ever met a mechanic before? <laughs> yeah. Fucking know everything about cars. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Fuck all about uh, oxygen breathing aliens. Yeah. I mean, they might not have to breathe, but a mechanic can fix your car, mate, and you wouldn't have a clue. So a trip is basically a real-life mechanic. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, but if he's a real-life mechanic, engineer, whatever, but he doesn't know where the sweet spot is of the gravity that Mayweather finds, and he's, 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 he's an engine man. He's not. He's, he's not, not a. Yeah, he's not a fucking mate, yeah. man. 
It's because 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 Mayweather's been a beamer and on a spaceship. He knows all that shit. Trippett got time for that shit. He's too busy, you know, in the engine room. Trying to get the warp the warp yeah. engine up to warp five. Putting the coal in the engine and all that, you know, whatever so, they do. So again, so we talking about the fact that like linguistics is much more basic, and you know, the universal translator isn't reliable, and you have to program it more, and it's much more interactive. Um, you've got Trip the engineer who is having to think much more about getting a warp engine to do what warp engines do as opposed to the 72 other things that engineers get caught up with in the future. There's a really lovely kind of this security officer piece as opposed to a tactical officer. Like the whole the whole kind of the, the nature of all of the roles is still slightly different and they're still trying to figure things out. Like the introduction of the phase pistols I think is really nice. Um, and at various points going forward you see various other bits of tech kind of be worked on or kind of hypothesized or somebody bodges some things together and all of a sudden they're like oh actually that's really good maybe we could turn that into something that would work at a shipwide level and i love that ingenuity and the like because well you get that you get the kind of bodging things together in other stars Starfleet, uh, sorry, Star Trek shows, it always feels a bit more like, oh, we've got these amazing bits of kit, let's see what other amazing things we can get them to do. Yeah, they have to go backwards, to... haven't they? Rather than forwards. Yeah. I, um, like, I like that T'Pol had one of those viewers that, that um, Spock had on the original series. Yeah, that works really nice. Like binoculars, <laughs> in, in the console binoculars or whatever they were. He's stuck. He's falling over. Sorry. He's just no, I think he's just adjusting his. Well, just 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 in the screen. Uh, Lindsay, can I ask? Have you got actually got physical notes? Because I want to see them. <laughs> is this because I told you I wasn't sober when I watched? Oh my god! That is incredible. Vegas. Andrea, have you got any notes this week? Oh, I think you've just been top trump there, Lindsay. What? Oh, 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 oh you are Look such at a you. It's okay. Oh, right, I've got one, two, is that three, a fag four, is that the five, fag six, seven, <laughs> Jesus. eight, nine, ten. Cool. I've got. How big is your writing? Have you got like two words on each page? Nice, <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Uh, bullet pointed. There you go. <laughs> yeah, lazy. Um, bullet pointed. I've got a bottle of wine. Um, so. <laughs> I've got um, one of them too. It's fine. <laughs> I'm getting one of them Apple pens though, sorry to, to I'm getting one of them Apple pens like John so I can write on an iPad like fancy and that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's cool. Um, right. <laughs> Let, let, so let's let's uh, let's do the uh, quick quick whip round. Um, I'm going to come to John first. Yeah, um, the Vulcans are like parents who are unwilling to let their kids play properly. They're helicopter parents, like the Vulcans. Um, and I like that dynamic and the fact there was kind of like an ongoing thing about. Um, well, why did the Vulcans just give them like what seven technology or whatever? But uh, I can understand like how the prime directive is in, f- in the future that uh, there's kind of rules to this. Uh, you've got to be able to run before you can walk. No, the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and there was a and there was a Suliban human kiss. I don't know if that was the first uh, kissing of an alien on uh, any Star Trek thing. No, because didn't Kirk kiss? That was yeah. hundred years later. <laughs> Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. Are, are, are you just trying to get us to talk about an episode in a few weeks, a few episodes later, whereby no. gets he gets pregnant? That's brilliant, like, when he gets yeah. pregnant. Well, yeah, <laughs> and the, the Suli Ban looked like they were covered in mustard seeds, and I didn't like that. It was just, yeah. It's, uh, it was, uh, that was good, quite good that this Prime Directive thing later on, 
oh, it's not in this episode, so actually probably won't well, best to talk about it, but when they go down to that planet um, and they dress up and all that kind of stuff for the first time and try and fit in and all that kind of stuff. And Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I also Different liked episodes. how, uh, how uh, the Archer referred to Starlog when he was doing his captain's log. Starlog? Was Starlog 20-whatever it is. Um, it's like having space geodies and things like that, isn't it? <laughs> we, haven't, oh, we haven't even spoken about the beagle. Oh! On, on my list. Porthos. Beautiful little doggy, that. Yeah, that, well, I'm, that was I'm a, done. Yeah, that was, let's go for it. Yeah, that was a great little scene as well where, where Archie's just recovered from that bullet uh, phase uh, into his leg. Right, So he's there talking away, and you think he's talking to the computer... And but he's not. He's actually talking to the dog in between writing his reports because yes. yeah, that's yeah, the only time he, he can really properly uh, say his thoughts out to somebody and get maybe not get any feedback. But it's it's a way to uh, sort out his own thoughts and he's uh, thinking for, uh, how he's going to go forward. And he's with his dog, and that I thought was a fantastic scene. One yeah. of the one of the worst. Uh, well, it's cited as one of the worst episodes of Star Trek overall. Is the one where the beagle. Is um, get these well, co- Yes, no! that's one. I'm, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm no, I don't agree with it either. I love that episode. One, and the only problem with that episode, of course, is the is the plastic beagle. Well, stuck. yes, but they couldn't yeah. do the things they do to the plastic beagle to the real beagle. So haven't not seen like this episode. I'm getting if anyone's familiar with Neighbours, it feels like yes. a bouncer's dream episode. There's <laughs> 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 like. God, yeah. Wow, that is a really deep fucking reference in that one. Well, that, yeah, not broken, Bo. Bouncer's dream. Yeah. Oh, can we yeah. briefly? Can we briefly just talk about the the opening to it, uh, where the Klingons running through the cornfield and the space farmer shoots him with his laser shotgun. Space farmer. Yeah. Why is a space farmer? It's, it's the future. <laughs> <laughs> and space uh, farmer from Earth on Earth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, uh, he's in the future, so he's a space farmer. So, uh, yeah. Space accountant. It was, it was a weird way to start a Star Trek series by having somebody running through a cornfield and, and clearly in rural America. But what... Hold on. What's, what's a Klingon running through a farm on Earth? Yes. What was he doing on, what was he doing on Earth? Uh, he was shot down. That was, was the whole point. point. Yeah. The Silverman shot him down. Yeah, but where, where, why was, what was it? Eh? Is Klingon, is he coming from somewhere having to go past Earth? To, yes. To, well, obviously. Don't think about it too much. It works. Are you trying? Sucky this, Sucky. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just didn't understand what he was doing on Earth at the beginning. He I don't know. Like he was trying to hide from them. Mm. Yeah. But I do love that he was called Clang the Klingon, and I feel like he should have his own range of children's books. <laughs> I, I think he should definitely have a comic about Clang of Klingon. <laughs> what he does. Oh, dear. Is there anything else you don't understand? It's okay. Yeah. Let, let's open your 10 pages. There's plenty of, there's, no, there's plenty of things I don't understand, you know, but... <laughs> but uh, in specifically referencing this episode. Yeah. Not I mean, just generally life. Yeah, Sucky, Sucky Chumbawamba's number one fan. Mm. <laughs> I like... <laughs> I was I gonna know. say this music was. I was literally in the in the process of writing up. Oh my gosh, guys! The the music got proud of who was really good this week, and then Sticky's track came on, and I was like, no. Yeah. What's the matter with my track, Lindsay? 
just want to watch the same right. quality as the others. Let's put yeah. it that way. Luckily, it's at the end. I just don't listen to that bit. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Uh, my favourite, my favourite line of the whole thing was when Chuck, when, when Sucky was like, "Yeah, Chumbawamba track. Yeah, yeah, yeah." I don't know who these people are. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, right, cool. Broken bow. Um, quick fire notes, Andrea. Um, I think we've covered my question is like which I don't know is going to be covered later considering what we've just discussed is where does the space dog pee? Um, <laughs> it's like it's like all of it's like all of Star Trek. It's it's transported out of them by the transporter. No, no, up against alien trees. That's what gets him in trouble. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's why at night in sick bay happens. Yes. There you go, that answered the question. Space, the rest, the rest space of the time, trees. No, just fucking pisses on the floor, doesn't it? Like every, every dog. <laughs> True fact. Yeah. I bet his fucking cabin stinks. Um, <laughs> and also, like, bless to Paul, like, cause she, I didn't realise that fem- female Vulcans have a heightened sense of smell. She must want a fucking wretch when she goes in there. I laugh if she just went in and was going, that'd be class. Um, anyway, uh, is that your notes, done, Andrea? Um, I've got um, gratuitous captain sitting around in his underpants. Um, yeah, yeah. with some socks down his pants by the looks of things. Yeah. Um, not that I checked him out or anything. I put that. I would like to know more about the dry skin people who clearly don't come from planet E forty five. I thought in places. I think it's. I think it's of its time, and I think two thousand and one, particularly for sort of television. I think some of the CGI kind of it suffers from being at that strange crossroads where like it still looked a bit shit for TV um, it doesn't really bother me I mean I can sit much TOS and, and not really care and watch all Doctor Who and, and stuff like that but I think at some point is, is it going to get like is it going to get a treatment to, to kind of improve it because I, I think visually it does suffer from, from being of that time Um where it looks really superimposed and a little bit shit in places. Um, They have have done it on Blu-ray and it's slightly better, but they've not like done anything with it like they did with the next generation, you know, with CGI and all that kind of stuff. They don't give a shit. I think in a way, I think it ages. I think that that kind of period and that sort of the the cheaper sort of earlier sort of like CG stuff, it, it dates far worse than anything older. Like it looks worse to me that than when they were still using models and yeah. effects and that type of thing. It it it's just that there's that kind of window, and I think it falls into that where I think like I, I really notice it, and it's always kind of jarred with us because I I've always preferred physical effects. It's because um, it's like the, like the, it's like the tri- it's like the trying, isn't it? Whereas you know like it's like the trying the CGI. It's the man who just half his head keeps disappearing because of the microphone. <laughs> Um, right, but yeah, no, no, definitely. Is that is that you, done, Andrew? For your, um, I think the only other, other thing I've got is um, the Vulcans seem like dicks. It's a bit of an abusive boyfriend in the relationship, um, and I'm not sure why they are such dicks. Like, I can understand them kind of trying to steer and that type of thing, but like, and I can understand that like that point of view that people really wouldn't like that. But I think they kind of went a bit over the top with that, like, sort of. They were literally like, like your, you, I mean. I think like I went down that kind of abusive boyfriend route. That someone went down the route of parents. Um, they're at the really extreme end of that uh, relationship. And also, and also, it's a hundred years. Like you know, talk about, like you know, you know, Jeff and Cochran first contact. Wow, aliens. Duh, 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 duh. After you know a couple of months, if they're doing you, you'd be like, look, lads, just fuck off. Don't need you. Well, you know, everybody we colonized. I think, I think, I think Vulcans uh, don't. Don't do exploring. That kind of seems to be the kind of thing about Vulcans. 
and they see the humans being childlike and wanting to go and explore and they don't really understand the the shit that's out there which is demonstrated by the entire season one where they get into so much fucking trouble but uh, they don't I don't think they understood that uh, the humans need to get into trouble in order to work out how to do stuff um, it's kind of the way we worked and, but I think that was deliberate in, in terms of the the Vulcans were given so much agency to dictate whether we could doing anything and they were never going to be happy with humans because we're we're not it's not the logic thing i think that's a little bit in that's not but really I, how it but works I, but but, I, I but they, like, it's I, just a difference in in culture a cultural difference that we're never going to breach that gap but i do like to paul and that you know the sort of humans are kind of you know it's all about them proving themselves to you know sure they can be on the on their own and make the right decisions and i think with to paul and um you know arch particularly it's it's great you know at the end when he said i can't ask you because like we're asking for help but and she's she she's sort of getting it and understanding it and not saying it's fascinating but she's she she's on board and i quite i quite like the way that happens you know fuck all the rest of vulcans and that that are being knobheads but like she sort of starts getting it and it's nice it's just this whole like we're just setting out on what we've already seen in, in all the you know loads of Star Trek you know that's been out on TV and gotta, whatever. Got to be got to be allowed to fall over in order to learn how to run properly, I think. And uh, and uh, they over they kind of overdid that 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 lesson that they were trying to put in. And there was, there was an awful lot about humans being honourable and, and and all that folksy stuff that Tucker comes out with about humanity. Mm. Uh, and we're not really like that. The ideal of us is. Uh, but I, think, the, I, I suppose that the whole point of this, though, is that we're supposed to be a couple of steps further down the path from where we are now. So we're not at TNG where we are in that utopia of hippies. worthiness yep. or whatever. Um, but we're closer to that than we were. And Tucker speaks about the fact that they've already made significant moves in the last in the hundred years that the Vulcans have known them. Yeah. And for well, me, when you think about like where we were a hundred years ago and where we are now, for better or worse, we have changed, well, and there are I, things that were standard a hundred, hundred and fifty years ago mm. that would not be accepted, and certainly in in our British society. Yeah, I was going to say, well, so, will you tell that to Donald Trump? Because <laughs> I think he's on the verge of causing World War Three with China. To be honest, there was that scene where where they're in the uh, having captured dinner with just to Paul and. Uh, I think I think there's the three of them, the yeah. Holy Trinity, and uh, she makes a comment about how can you call yourself enlightened if you're still eating meat, and he's eating a massive fucking steak. It's the biggest steak you've ever seen. Yeah. That's that, that, lovely. That's, it did look belter. It, it, yeah. it did look cracker, but the, the the point is that like that is a, a weird reaction by to Paul. It's not an intelligent way to analyse another culture. It's no, based I, on different norms well, to the, what they have. But that's it like you need empathy in order to relate well with other people i think and sometimes the vulcans are not great at empathy um, to be fair like the first season to paul is probably my favorite to paul because she isn't compromised by any one of 72 different reasons to stop her being vulcan um <laughs> she makes oh, progress in that first season doesn't they she do, precisely and i enjoy that first season and then they just give her excuses to stop being vulcan and i'm like meh anyway um Tell you what, though, sorry to interrupt. There was no, there was no chips. It was fucking broccoli and salads. No, it was baked potatoes. There was baked potatoes. It's not the same. You want fucking big proper wedges and that proper triple cup chips. Gastro chips. Peppercorn, peppercorn sauce. 
Oh, steak, Dra- Diane, uh, is that what you want, sir? Oh, steak, steak. Diane. But, you know, just the fucking chips, the, the steak, and fuck off salad and broccoli and all that. <laughs> well, you need something green to make you feel Give virtuous. Give me Dara and Rutti. Uh, mushy peas. <laughs> 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 that's Steak, mushy peas. Oh, that is fucking wrong. <laughs> I can't eat dumplings. Steak and mushy peas. Uh, oh, I'm, 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 I don't. Just it's the first thing came in. It's disgusting. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, the most contra- it's, the, it's the most controversial thing I've ever said in my life. Um, <laughs> right. Um, that, is, that includes the dwarfs, does it? <laughs> Says the man who instigated rape gates. <laughs> Fucking hell. Alright, calm down. Honestly, every fucking time. I'm, I'm coming to the voice of reason. Listen to Queen Woke fucking going on there, virtue signaling. I'm just wokey wokey, having such a good oh. time, wokey wokey. Uh, it's okay. Uh, you love like, me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. The, uh, the scene that you... Sorry, you... No, I thought that. Fuck, you said fuck. You did. Who? You just went, oh, fuck. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Never. I fucking heard you. Replay that on the uh, podcast. I'm going to full emphasize that. I I can guarantee. If not, I'm just going to do a voiceover. (laughs) (laughs) What what did you want to say, Sucky? What did you want to say, mate? It might have been hot. Come on, Sucky, what did you want to say? Right, that scene, the meal scene there, where... So Paul is judge. What the hell's? I can't see none of you apart from Lindsay. So I don't know what's going on. Well, to stop complaining. Right. Shush. Right. Uh, the scene, the meal scene where Topol is complaining about the uh, the Earth culture of eating meat and stuff. A bit later on, when they've tra- uh, landed on that planet, when they're searching for whoever's on that planet for Clang. Uh, then you got a uh, trip judging that woman trying to wean her off wean her child off whichever uh, methane was he right so he can start breathing oxygen right and he, he's judging her on the way he's been brought up and where you got whereas you got to Paul who understands the, these different culture uh, he, she's doing this for a reason he's just thinking this all so there's always give and take in trying to understand other people's cultures so when uh, so when she uh, castigates him for judging that oxygen weaning mother thing, you should have turned around and called her a fucking hypocrite, shouldn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, remember he's what the way you you guys have been saying about him, he's a bit of an idiot. So probably he, they think he, about it. He fucking is. Like, he is. <laughs> so he can't oh, argue that. He's a simple soul as our trip. Have you right. got any more? So keep yeah. Much more. There was uh, a cameo by James Cromwell. As we yes. just seen him in uh, uh, Zephram, what was it? Zephram Cockrum. Yeah, Zephram Cockrum. So we had an aged uh, Zephram Cockrum, James Cromwell, come back just to do the the old Kirk speech. Well, we didn't get the Kirk speech, did we? Because we, we didn't get the split infinitive, did we? <laughs> and also we got uh, and man goes before rather than uh, where no one in TNG era goes before. Correct, then. It's been corrected. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's true to the timeline, I suppose. Exactly, it's true to yeah. the timeline, yeah. You've got that little bit of a CGI effect that you had on Dr. Flox, where uh, he smiles and yeah. he's just joker-wide, he smile. I love so that mass- scene. It's, it's one great, of my yeah. favourite games. They do, like, twice in the whole series, they do that to him. I know, that's because it was that's obviously that's expensive. Must have been. Is that uh, okay? There's... Uh, how is she asking for seatbelts now? Did uh, did it, did they actually get seatbelts put in? No. 
No. Everybody seems to be nodding their uh, shaking their heads. I thought okay. we say everybody There's... when all you can see is me and I'm like, no. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm assuming everybody else is as well. But the... Uh, there's also the, when you, these little scenes of uh, Archer remembering his uh, past with his father trying to get that little spacecraft uh, to uh, fly, oh, yeah. and then when he's knocked unconscious, it's uh, he starts he listens to his father because he hasn't been he's been listening to other people to a certain degree but making bad decisions, mm-hmm. but then he listens to his father. You can't be afraid of the wind. Learn to trust it. And that's when then you see to Paul standing yeah, on the beach until you until you shit yourself until you shit yourself. Yeah, I mean that's just. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you, mean? <laughs> you can't you can't just trust in stuff. I mean you might follow through. I shit myself a few couple of months ago no, in New York. Where, where did we get that far? Oh no no. <laughs> trust the wind. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. Have you never shit yourself, Sucky? I, I shit myself about three months ago in New York. You horrible. Yeah. He told this... me about it. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear the story. You don't want to hear it. No. Nobody used to hear any of these stories. Well, no, because I've, I've, I've never had a shit myself story. Everyone's got one, and I never had one, and then I got one now, so I was really happy about it. <laughs> really sorry. You, you're, um, you're so happy about it. Okay, can we move from Westlake Park? Any more suits? Any more? The only one that I've got is did they resolve this whole storyline? With the future, this future person that's been uh, manipulated. I can't tell you that because that would be a spoiler for you and Finn. It is an ongoing story. It is an ongoing story arc that resolves eventually one way or the other. (laughs) There you go, cohesive and clear answer. Or maybe it doesn't resolve. Who knows? It kind Uh, of resolves. Yeah, kind of. of. Much more. There's only the one thing. Well, two things really. I I used to watch this. As Lindsay said, this used to be on Channel Five or Channel Four, I should say. And uh, he used to. Re- I'd I never recorded it, but I got a friend who You've lives nearby. I got a friend. It's taken me thirty years, and I've now classed you as a friend now, Bob. <laughs> and I, you know, in, in all that time in between, I've had nobody. It's been terrible. Oh, let me get in the world's tiniest violin. Lindsay, shut up. Right. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually put the violin away as well. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to but... to John, who can actually play. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm not going to. Uh, no. uh, but uh, it, this friend of mine used to... Uh, he, re- he recorded the episodes for me, and because he knew why he hated the a- adverts, he'd go around re- re-recording them again and then take out all the adverts so I'd have the unedited... Well, the edited versions of the whole uh, story. Unemployed, right. unemployed was he? Unemployed. Well, no, no. Because that would have taken ages. No, no, he used to do, he used to do it for all his stuff. Did he? Right, I used to get everything off him. Expos, uh, the Star Trek, <laughs> uh, Angel, <laughs> everything, everything, everything. Uh, and then the, the, the final <laughs> is uh, Dominic Keating. Right, back before he started in this. So we need to clarify that well? Dominic Keating is in fact Malcolm, Malcolm Reed. Reed. Shaggy. Uh, yeah, he, he was in Buffy. Was he? Before that. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, go for it, Sucky. Desmond's hairdresser. Really? See? You remember Tom? I do remember Farmer. Desmond. Black family. Right? Yeah. He was he was the only white character in that. He was like no. a friend of the family. Was that he was the hairdresser. Fucking hell. He was walking around with his leather jacket and a, a pair of scissors and a comb in his hand, right, yeah. just to make sure people knew he was a hairdresser. A barber. Amazing. That's it. No, that makes love Desmond's. That's class. Yeah. Uh, is that everything? Sucking from you? <laughs> That's me. 
dusted. Um, so I really like the Suliban. I I think it's really interesting that they use the new era Klingons, because obviously uh, back then they could have gone for weird TNG Klingons and they didn't, which is a good thing. Um, I really love the sunrise. Okay, okay, I'm just going to say. Oh, go ahead, Taki. Taki, what are you saying? Oh, I've just got Lindsay on screen. Oh, she's gone again. Oh, uh, Andrew on screen. I've just had Andrew on screen. <laughs> Carry on. Look at you. We've been doing this for months and you got the names wrong anyway, so well done. Just because we're both female. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Can barely tell you two apart. <laughs> well, to be fair, at least you can see us both, John. So you know there's That's a, true. a slight, a slight advantage there. I know it's amazing. Um, yeah, so I really love the the sunrise into the shuttle pods into the ship scene. Like we often get like a here is the reveal of the ship sequence, and I thought that one was really nicely done. It was nice and short for a change because some of the reveals go on for fucking ever. They do. Um, I think it's like. If you're nitpicking, like the the way that like uh, Archer and Tripp are discussing the the basics uh, as as they're in that thing, they're discussing things like what color of paint they're going to be using, and like when Archer's like, "Oh, those are the the panels that buckled last time, right?" Surely somebody made a note of that somewhere, and it's already been looked at. Get over it, Archer. Um, no, 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 no. Flocks is delightful. I just love Flocks. He's a leech doctor, though, isn't he? Really. Yeah. It's interesting because eels. When I, but you know, I mean though. When they first introduced this, I like I had read Star Trek magazine or somewhere, um. But as soon as you you kind of look at it, given that Voyager was the season that it was kind of taking over from, they've got a weird alien dude of a race that nobody really knows much about, Neelix. So Flocks is like vaguely like Neelix, but not as much of a fucking idiot. But not as much of a fucking idiot. Then you've got Paul, <laughs> who is clearly a redesigned Seven of Nine, because they realised that having a fit woman in a cat suit was a really good ratings boost. Yeah. Like, definitely, there, there was definitely some bits of like the cast of Voyager. They kind of went, well, let's take this and make you that, and let's take this and make you that. Um, and I think that probably also set it off on a bad, on a bad foot for me too. Um, but you know, it kind of works, and they do evolve and change, so it does kind of, it kind of all pans out. Um, there's some really good quotes. Like I like the uh, when Archer's like we've been waiting for a century, um, or when he when he's uh, talking to the Vulcans about this uh, about Clan. He goes, "When your logic doesn't work, you raise your voice. You've been on Earth too long." Too long yeah, that's a good line. Yeah, I, I thought that. Yeah. I like that one. Um, and obviously, keep your shirt on, Lieutenant, which is a delightful line. Um, it amuses me greatly. Uh, the Cochran cameo, I think, is genius. I think it works really well. Probably one of the best cameos. Um, uh, future guy, me. I love the menagerie. Like Flox's menagerie, I think, is excellent, and the way he uses it and the way it works is really important. In um, the scene where the Suliban are on the ship in the dark, I think again works really well. Um, when Paul's like Vulcan children play with toys more sophisticated than the sensor. Like, then, then fucking show us then. Stop bloody casting about it. It's the phrase that comes to mind. Fuck you too. <laughs> um, 
I like I like I just I love the use of the osmotic eel and the grappler, like the idea that they physically got a thing that they fly out into space to capture shit. Like mm. all of that, I think works really well, and it feels really valid. And um, like the introduction of the the phase pistols. This is also the first of many occasions where Archer fucks off off the ship with no security detail or ignoring the advice of his his security officer. Um, and then right at the very so there's like a bit of a gap in the middle whereby clearly my drunkenness stopped taking notes. Um, <laughs> but at the very end, I've got let's it, like the quote, let's hope that's the last time someone takes a pot shot at us, which clearly, even from Andrea's perspective, I'm sure she spotted was probably not going to be the case. Be a bit of a shit show if that was the like <laughs> last like one. Like it was just them like flying around saying hello to people. I mean, yeah. wonderful about the naivety and the optimism that they do have that they're going out and they're like, well, clearly nobody's going to be shooting at us. Why would people be shooting at us? Whereas, like, pretty much going forward, like, TNG starts with them, like, being attacked and basically told they're put on trial and it just kind of, like, goes on from there. But, well, like, neither is, DSP or Voyager have any expectation of not being shot at. They are on trial as well uh, yeah, through but- the whole of the first few seasons. Yeah. Definitely, they do it really well. That sort of we're just sitting out and we're new to this. It's they're, they're the first. It's cool. Have you got much more, Lindsay? Well, that is my last note because, as previously stated, I was not sober when I watched. Has anyone uh, got any more? John, are you all right with what you've? Uh... I'm spent. Excellent. Yeah, well, no, I, I, thank you for picking that, John. I really, really, really enjoyed that. I would never have usually gone back to watch it. Um, so, yeah, cool. Let's put some uh, lights on this. How many lights you see? There are four lights! I asked how many lights you see. Lights out of five. <laughs> I'm going to come to Lindsay first. Um, I'm going to give this a really strong four, uh, 4.5 out of five. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I completely get Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Uh, it's okay. It's a very, very good episode, and I enjoyed watching it all the way through. So, but uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Four, Andrea. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Um, I haven't got a lot of context for a lot of it, so it kind of sits in isolation for me. Um, but I think it's a solid, it's a solid opener, and it's made us kind of want to watch a little bit more. So I think it's done its job. Do it. Do it. But yeah, to be fair, I did... got some interference on the line somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Was it was that similar with, similar to Voyager though as well? Like last last time we did Voyager, that you, you sort of you've not really seen it and you sort of made you want to watch a bit more. Have you seen? Well, I have seen. I've seen a lot of Voyager. I've just never seen it in order. Oh, I've that's right. Kind yeah, of bits here, bits there. So I haven't got a. I've probably seen most of it, but just completely out of sequence. Whereas with this, I've never seen any of it at all. I've got no yeah. kind of context for it. So. So the important question for Andrea is that is there a character that particularly makes you want to watch it? Because it's always nice to have some eye candy or a character that you find appealing for some reason that is not in any way obvious. I don't know. I think I'm just generally like... I mean, you, you cannot really say bad things about Paul's rack. I mean, that would be very, <laughs> very bad of us. Uh, and I, She but, doesn't like it, the a rack of ribs, apparently, so she's a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> clearly uh, whoever built or slash design Seven's cat say learn some lessons to create to Paul's. They, they didn't learn any lessons, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> other than how to make it really, really tight. Well, that's um, what I mean. Like, that was obviously what they were aiming for. 
I just think I think probably the character I like the best which is unusual for me was I like the Doctor I, I think he's probably the most interesting to me at this point so he's great he is great oh, wait until you discover he's a polygamist well that's quite <laughs> that's it that's quite strong isn't it oh he's got many wives and things hasn't he yeah, yeah, point, he, yeah. no it's not a slur it's a statement of fact he's a no, polygamist no, he's, he's a lad isn't he absolute lad um, right John put some lights on this yeah obviously uh, I know how the series goes and even as a it left in isolation as a pilot it's to, it stands up so I'm going to give it a four and a half mm. well I'm good snapsy snaps oh no well I'm good I'm going to go five because I, I, I really what's the fucking point you, in doing yeah, so? yeah, you yeah, always always yeah, every, every time max, his favourite thing in the world points. Um, well, I loved it, John. Thank you. It was been. I completely forgot. I was a bit taken aback by how much I loved it. I just think it's great. Um, so I'm going to give you a five. Does that. It sneaks up on you. Yeah. Like every brilliant. time I revisit it, I'm like, oh, I really love this, and I love these characters. Like I do. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. Better than Voyager, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You yeah. are dead to me, John. You are red shirt. Oh Christ! So easy. Amazing. <laughs> right, cool. Well, that's that done. Uh, enough of what we think. Let's find out what you think in listeners' feedback. Let's find out what you lot think. Um, we've had a little bit of feedback this week. Thank you very much, and I keep it coming. Uh, I'm going to come to Lindsay first to read out this first bit of feedback. Thanks. Um, so I have uh, feedback from Bruce Wayne. I may be some time. <laughs> Uh, smalty wingy whiny bollocks of bullshit that's just Russell Watson's lighter swinging soft rock ballad probably the singular reason why I'd originally eschewed Enterprise well it's as far as I managed to get before having to reach for a paper bag and to change channels thanks for this uh, John Uh, your push on Netflix skip intro button have renewed my interest in this the effects weren't bad the story was good the new enemy were suitably creepy and the acting was good for an opening episode all in all a very pleasant surprise now some people might have left it there however Bruce continues of course there's the ever present new retro problem made 35 years after TOS the systems and NX1 seems far more advanced than the plywood and cardboard flickering coloured buttonness of NCC 1701 and even the uniforms were better I suppose if we compare it to the fanboys hated Kelvin timeline version that works better Hey, the con even has a steering wheel, which is a nice retro touch, and I expect to see triple fur dice hanging over the view screen within a few episodes. A quantum leap where no man has gone before for impulsive carnivores, as Paul said. The typical coldfish Vulcan who has an ironic interstellar trout pout. Why is the obligatory alien bar scene a tits and tongues clip joint, though? Why not a tea room or a burger bar? I must mention the half-naked decontamination scene, only the bits of flesh showing outside your undies need treating, eh? And to Paul proves that Vulcans obviously have biological instincts, walking out with chapel hat pegs that would keep several winter coats off the floor. Okay, before you carry on, Lins, I'm just going to say, you know the bits where they're saying they're only putting the gel on the bits where there was no clothing if she went to Paul turns round and 
trips putting it on her back. She grabs a, a louder gel and rubs it on her boobs. So she does do it underneath her clothing. So the, his I'm eyes just, were just zero in on that. I was, I was, I was, so I think, even just I her arms are then, because <laughs> just going to throw that out there. I've now got visions of Trip putting gel places. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure he covered all of his skin in a very very appropriate fashion. There was no inappropriate touching. Um, (laughs) So for balance, we did of course get to see Archer half naked, showing us that he keeps a pair of socks in his brief for emergencies. No wonder he's captain with thinking like that. Heading to Lart, a quoted 80 hours to Kronos and Archer said we'd get used to flying at 30 millimetres? or 30 million meters uh, per second. Hmm. The speed of light is about 0.3 million MPS, so 80 hours is 333 light days from Earth. 20% of the way to Alpha Centura, uh, do your sum script writers. So there we have it, a good start that's piqued my interest after all these years. I'm sure Lufty will be happy to see a beagle as part of the crew, though I have thought they're the worst dog to take into space as they have terrible smoking habits. Mm There you go. Uh, thank you very much, Bruce. Cheers for that. Uh, so, okay. We've got Ships Deep Dive at Deep Ships, and that's uh, Cliff. And uh, he's put, for a pilot, it's one of the best comparing comparing to TNGs, for example. Having Cochrane in it is a great boost, and the more political dynamics on the controlling Vulcans, the humans, and intro to the Klingons gave an interesting look and positive opening. Uh, I was expected at any moment him to say oh boy to Paul I won't say much as I'm sure I get told to get down chair. Uh, <laughs> Trip is great character. Flux is freaking freaky. That board is mad that board board is bad scientist. Not a polished team but it's a beginning on and not meant to be. I enjoyed it. Good start. Eight point awesome. five out of ten. Cheers thank, thanks Chef. <clears throat> um Andrea uh, I believe this is Deborah um, I enjoyed that. It's a long time since I watched Enterprise and never finished it once I knew it was cancelled. So it's a bit like watching it for the first time and I appreciate it more this time. Scott Bakula is excellent casting, though he does seem to be playing Scott Bakula. But I like Scott Bakula. Good to see Captain Archer is not complete bastard who abandons his dog on Earth and forgets him. I like the humour. <laughs> Trip was my favourite character before and still is. I like Reed too, especially with Dominic Keaton being from Leicester as confirmed at a drunken night in the convention bar at DST when we won 9-0. I like the tension too. It's good when characters have to work to get on. I understand Roddenberry didn't want conflict, which limited early Trek scripts and led to difficulties with TNG. I do sort of think that Archer is way too nice. I'll forgive him because of Porthos though. What was that weird shower scene about with those sudden close-up of Trip into Paul's bodies? It was like it suddenly turned into a really bad porno. It seems that not only do Starfleet officers have sex with clothes on, but they also do do for con- decontamination. Really bad decontamination. To Paul didn't even look wet when she came out. Well, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, I think Reed would have done a better job of the shower decontamination, or maybe I'm just thinking of the DST bar again. Interesting that the Klingons are not at war at this stage and the Vulcans are bossy. 
I liked the crusty pseudofeds, but didn't quite get what they were about. I think that's my poor attention span, though. Thanks for that. I'll carry on watching Enterprise and stick with it this time. It's been interesting comparing the different pilots, but please don't pick the Discovery pilot, as I will just fast forward until Locker comes, and that's those episodes gone. Thanks for cheering me up when life and work is a bit crap. Hoping for a Trek This Out convention when we were allowed out. Hugs to you all, especially John. Thanks, Deb. Do you think Deb would ever come on a podcast in general? I don't know. You keep talking about it. I think, Andrea, do you think she would do a podcast? I don't know. I think we should ask her. Um, Somebody needs to uh, ask. I might put uh, do a Doctor T lockdown with John and Andrew, uh, John and uh, Deb because that'd be probably hilarious. Fair to that, Andrew. Andrew and Deb. Um, Scarlet Witch fan says, "Brilliant pilot from a brilliant series." Thank you, Scarlet Witch fan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for all your feedback, people. That's lovely. Um, right, it's time to vote for this week's red shirt. Red shirt time. I'm going to go first. Lindsay, fucking Firefly is amazing. I'm not having it. So okay, I'll take shirt. that on the chin. I'll take that. <laughs> it's okay. See, I was going to pick Lindsay for, for the exact same reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I, 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 my controversial opinion. It's fine. You can name me. Right. So, so actually, I'm going to stick with that reason as well. Then, yeah, Firefly is excellent. Lindsay, you should watch it all the way. Don't worry about the fact that it doesn't have aliens. Just watch the story for the story. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm really sorry. Take my love, <laughs> take my land, take me where I cannot stand. The uh, only cool. thing I like about it is the fact that they have like interesting future swearing. That's true. Cool. Well, that's great. Um, so that's two for you, Lindsay, based on Firefly. Andrea? I'm nominating you, Bob. <laughs> Mushy peas, and you're really proud that no. shirt itself. <laughs> I think that's just red shirt, like fucking territory all over. Uh, well, do you know what, Andrea? I am actually going to vote for myself because the mushy peas. No, thing... no, you can't. You can't change. Stop that. changing the rules, Bob. You, you've already all done right. it. So, yeah. Stay, all right, sticky with Lindsay. So that's one for me, two for Lindsay, John. I'm going to save Lindsay this time. I'm going for you, Bob. Why, you prick? Mushy peas. <laughs> It's a perfectly good reason. Fucking, and there's a right. story. <laughs> which which one is brilliant and one is not? I don't um, know, but the idea of mixing you shitting yourself with the idea of mushy peas is really freaking me head out. <laughs> <laughs> Just do you ever shit yourself, mushy peas? Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I love it. how Sticky is like removed himself from the conversation because he needs to discuss. He's trying, trying, to, find, he's trying to find his Firefly DVD. Oh, my. <laughs> She bought from his, his friend. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, I've just found uh, Enterprise Season 4. Oh! Yeah, that looks like a real copy. That's okay. Don't you worry about that. Suki, master of all things, Elise. Yeah. Um, I was going to vote for John, because, you know, he's John. Um, but in order to stop there being a, a draw, I'm going to vote for Bob. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Why? Unfortunate, what, what, why? unfortunate bathroom things do happen to pretty much everybody, but nobody should be gloating about them. No, they are victory stories. Yeah, I wasn't in the fucking bathroom, was it in Weatherspoons? Well, that's um, the problem, <laughs> isn't it? Don't, right. don't, let's not go there because he will tell you the fucking story. I do not uh, hear the story. No, it's fine. If you don't want to hear it, it's funny as fuck, like. <laughs> um, so, right, um, that's me. I'm dead. How, how are you going to kill me? 
You're going to be force-fed mushy peas as if you were making foie gras. Up your ass, though. Up your ass. No, because you're going to fill them with peas. Mushy peas. Definitely peas. He's definitely going to shit them out. to his shitty story. Wait, 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 wait. Sookie, have you just sworn again? He did, didn't he? I just just said shit, that's all. I they say nothing else. Sucky, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shit. I'm gonna have to put this explicit now, because he is very nice. Get off! Okay, Bob, you can fuck right off, because that's too far. <laughs> like I'm dead this morning. Yeah, Bob, don't be a cunt. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's that's too far, we don't use the C word. Yeah, we oh, fucking do. Fucking do. Uh, right, cool. Um, so you don't I'm, have one, you don't get to make that decision. I don't, oh. don't think that's the way words work, Lindsay. Actually, if you, you are one, you can, be, you can I, use I'm pretty sure that the N-word is only used by people who are allowed yeah. to use the N-word. That's and it's not the same rules do not apply. Same rules do not apply. They do not. Because I'm allowed to say the word ninja. cunt, I'm not allowed to say the N-word. Well, well, who's going to say the word cunt? What's the N-word? Ninja. Ninjas yes. can say ninja. Ninjas right, cool. Ninjas can say ninja, that's, that's it. That's great, just to emphasise that. Well, um, I disagree with... <laughs> Yeah, you feel oh, you, free to disagree. Yeah, you're allowed a, to. There's free a will. surprise. I'm allowed to yeah, say right. cunt. <laughs> Cross his fucking arm. Look at your little snit. Right, anyway. It was a bit of an echo. Yeah. Let's go. Right, cool. It's time to find out what we're going to be watching next time. It's time to find out what we're going to watch next week, and it's my choice. Uh, and I'm going to go for Deep Space Nine. Uh, trials and tribulations. Did they not watch any? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're watching next time. It's anyway. It's I. It's it's very special. Keep taking me into TOS, people. Well, I, I love DS9, and I love this because it's very not DS9, um, and it's proper fanboy or fangirl stuff. So yeah. yeah, trials and tribulations, Deep Space Nine next time. Yeah, this. <laughs> It, what what, what season? What season? You TOS. If you don't like TOS, it's a bit meh. What season was yeah. this episode in? Four, I think. Yeah. You double red shirt some. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> this one. No, I, I don't dislike it. I just think we keep coming back to the same thing. Uh, has anyone seen Trials in uh, Tribula Trib Tribulations uh, before? Tribulations. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh God. I I watched. I, as I says, didn't really watch DS9 after the first season. And this was the only episode I watched, and uh, and my mate, my mate, got it for me from America before he was shown over it. Cool. Have you seen it before, John? Yeah, of course I have. Lovely. So that's what I'm picking. That's what we're doing next week. Thank you very much indeed, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much, you guys, for joining me tonight. It's been lovely seeing faces and doing this like we have done tonight. So thank you very much. You all look beautiful. Um, particularly Sucky's shiny, beautiful beards. I, I would have thought having us all on screen would have made us a little less hostile towards one another. Oh, <laughs> no, doesn't no, doesn't no. have been safe, was it? Red, 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 red rag to a bull, to be honest with you, wasn't it? Jesus Christ. One um, thing is, for me, I've not been able to see anybody's face at all because we've all gone blank now. Like, oh. so I'm looking forward to the video uh, uh, footage that Bob may put up later. I'll hey. put it. I'll, I'll send you it all. Yeah, I'll send yeah, you. Yeah, good lad. Um, just send me your email addresses on email, and I will send it across on WeTransfer. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody, and goodbye. Bye. 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 Oh, and by the way, I'm not going to do a trailer this time. I'm going to do. It's been a long road coming Get from here to here. here.
and I'm going to put that out. So there I you go. I wonder if you could get hold of the Rod Stewart version. That would be interesting. <laughs> long Come from here. Lindsay, you all right? You all right? Yeah, good. Bye. Right, cool. Awesome. I'll just... Please tell me you're not pig. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time But my time is finally near I will see my dream come alive at last I will touch the sky And they're not gonna hold me down no more No, they're not gonna change my mind Cause I've got